1: ladies and gentlemen welcome
0: to the bananas miniso uh, we're doing another miniso here it comes like like a hum- two human cannonball men in one human cannonball cannon <laughs> <laughs> who's first you know that and that's the question is what is first
1: considered when it's in a human cannonball is it the person closest <laughs> to the explosion or the person who exits the cannon first you know
0: I think the first person out will be the one that actually reaches the net. I think the second guy is just going to be flailing. So I'll take, I'll go second because you have a family. So I'll take the risk. You can be first man out. I mean, Um, I don't know.
1: That does also mean that like your, your head or however we're stuffed in there, you might just go right through me. Do you know what I mean? Explosion happens and your body just goes through my body completely and you just come out in a mist of Kurt. Yeah, Atlanta. I'll just
0: I'll just put on your clothes and pretend to be you until your kids are in college. <laughs>
1: they honestly will be so excited. I, Scotty uh, came over uh, socially distanced and sat outside with us yes. the other day for like nice. a couple hours. And uh, afterwards, the next day, my daughter was like, let's play Scotty and Olive. I'll be Scotty <laughs> and you're Olive. And you sit there and then I, she would have to go, Olive, would you like to see me ride my scooter? And I would be like, Scotty, I would love to see you ride your scooter. And then oh. she would like ride her scooter. But it went on for so
0: long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also can't take too much credit because I'm, I'm probably one of like eight people she's seen in 2020. So I'm, I was this the most recent uh, second man out of the human cannonball cannon. You're
1: not one of eight
0: people. You are one of two pe- th- oh, three so people, three people. There we go. So the odds <laughs> were in my favor this whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, so sodes, Bananimals, you guys keep sending us your wonderful stories, your true stories from your life. Um, send it to thebananaspodcast on com or thebananaspodcast. You can DM us or you can text it to me on the bananas phone which I think is 213-214-7974. Um, but we got some good ones. But honestly, Kurt, I think you might need to go first because mine is a longer one, and I don't even have a story to go, a personal story to go with it, but it's so good that I, I feel like we should go out on mine.
1: Here we go. Yeah. Uh, so this one is coming in from uh, Instagram user Sally Laurie. Thank you, Sally. Thanks, Sally. Sally. Uh, here it goes. So, Bananas. This story is my weird personal experience that has now become my go-to icebreaker at <laughs> okay. parties and other moments of awkward silence. I'm from the UK and moved to Melbourne, Australia in 2016. While I was Fun. still living in London, I went on a website called flatmates.com to line mm-hmm. up some viewings for spare mm-hmm. rooms once I arrived. Okay. 24 hours after landing, I got a reply from a nice girl from Brisbane living in a nice Melbourne suburb. Nice. Easy, I thought. So off I go and meet my first acquaintance. We hit it off, and the deal was done. Within a week, I was moved in, and we were getting mm-hmm. along like a house on fire over wine and cheesesteaks.
0: Perfect. Nothing I can go not wrong. I did not expect
1: cheesesteaks in that moment. Yeah, that's, she's not from Philly, right? She's a Brit, so... Maybe cheesesteaks is something different in Australia. I don't know. Yes. uh Wine and cheesesteaks don't necessarily seem... Usually, it's like cheesesteaks and a beer or a shot. Um, I think she's
0: a poet. I think she's just being creative and doing a little poetic license.
1: I agree with you. One night on the Mm -hmm. TV, we see an advert for an anniversary celebration of the kids' show Play School. Now, weirdly enough, my aunt was a presenter on the show back in the 90s. Once I tell my new housemate this fact, she turns to me and tells me, That it's a small world because her mother's cousin was married to said presenter. Uh Uh-huh. So, So. I have a small, beautiful mind moment, and we both spend a few moments in silence. After a couple of minutes, we conclude that not only are we related, but we are cousins, and our grandmothers are sisters. Wow. So there you go. Somehow, two cousins from 12,000 miles apart who had never heard of one another managed to end up living together. Oh, man. Uh, I love your uh, podcast and take it with me on Walks Through the Bush, Snort Laughing Among the Cuckoo that Oh, was,
0: that's great. That's great. That's a great story. So she was watching a TV show. She saw, she said, my my mom aunt. was on it. My, my aunt, aunt was a it. presenter on the show. Okay, she the said, aunt.
1: my mom's cousin was married to her. Huh.
0: Yeah. Interesting. That's crazy, right? Yeah. I, it's, that is, it kind of makes sense to me in this weird way because- when i've always felt that there were like 12% of people that anytime i'm in any country and i don't even need to talk to the person but i'll be in a cafe or i'll be in a bar and i'll usually i'd like to travel alone as much as i can um i'll like make connections with people that i don't know but there's something that is Joining us, like there is something, and I'm not talking like Mm -hmm. cosmic, but there's almost like a it's all I think it's probably genetic there. And it's in this case was extremely genetic, where you kind of look at somebody and you laugh at the same thing, or you react the same way, or you just notice them. And I've always felt like, and then sometimes you, you know, you're you are at a dinner party or you do meet those people, and then you kind of get along like you've been friends for 30 years. It's a really weird phenomenon.
1: Oh, yeah, there was. I, um. I have a very strange family, as you know. Yes. But um, so my mom mm-hmm. never knew who her dad was. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because my grandmother, my mom's mom, she was a dancer. Uh huh. Um, and she taught ballroom dancing <laughs> on, on uh, cruise ships. Mm hmm. And I have a photographs from that time. Like it seems very glamorous <laughs> and everything. But as we yeah. know. As we know, being in the show business, oh, yeah. working cruise ships is not a glamorous job. No, it is It is, is just a recipe for going fucking insane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and sort of a drunk floating orgy, too. Like, it is sort of yeah. like, yeah, you have fun. But I mean,
1: that's the thing. It's like a drunk floating orgy that gets old within, like, one month. I can't like after imagine. After you've done your fifth trip to... To the Bahamas, where you you don't even get off the boat. You just, like, stay in your room and, like, sleep through it.
0: Did you ever do that? Did you ever do stand-up? Or did you do improv? Like, I know a lot of improv teams go on, yeah, they do, um, like, they? touring improv cruise ships. That seems no, like No, I have done hell. a cruise,
1: which was only, like, five days. Do you know what I mean? Where, uh-huh. like, we were just doing comedy every night. Um, it was part of a uh, Max Fun cruise, which was mm-hmm. um, which was super fun and had a great, but also like by the end of the fifth day, I was like, I gotta get the
0: fuck off this boat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so anyways, your mom didn't know who her yes. dad was. Didn't know who her dad was. Then my mom.
1: Uh, Meet, she re meets a high school sweetheart when she's 65. She ends okay. up getting married to that guy. Aww. He is really into genealogy. He goes and finds who her dad is. Cool. And then they have like a short correspondence um, before he dies. Uh-huh. Uh, but she finds out that she has like a sister who's alive. Wow. They exchange some letters. This is when my yeah. mom is like 68 or something. Wow. Um and then I was flying to L.A. because I was living in New York at the time. I was flying to L.A. and my mom's okay. emailing me. She's like, "You have a cousin. He lives in L.A. I want you to uh, go meet him." And I was like, "There's no way in fucking hell that I am doing this. I do not. I am not interested in meeting some random cousin." Yes. And then she just like she know she knows that I'm like not responding. So then she just like emails him. Oh, boy. And emails me. And okay. says like Kurt's gonna be in town. You guys should hang out. And then Barbara he taking like, control. Barbara taking the reins. Out. I know, right? He immediately reaches out, and um, and I ended up going. He turns out he's a surfer. We end up going surfing together. We end up hanging Perfect. out. He's fucking awesome. We're Great. now super super close. Oh,
0: uh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, and now that you know my mom's gone, like it's really amazing. He, you know, he lives right down the street. He just had a kid. I-
0: I guess you I do him? remember Prestato. you telling me that you surfed with a cousin. I do remember that, but I didn't know the situation. It would be so funny if he was like <laughs> like a props comic. <laughs> 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 like a kind of a failed like Reno level props comic and you just were like, "I love the guy. Good surfer, but goddamn his comedy is terrible." <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> when I moved to New York, uh, I met you about a year or so in. And when I moved to New York, somebody said something to me. They were like, New York's a really great city because every person you meet has a different career. And every person you meet could be gr- like a master at that career. So yeah. they were like, hey, there's restaurateurs, there's ballerinas, there's uh, architects, there's actors, there's financiers, there's bankers, you know, there's everything. And that kind of stuck with me. And I was. Single when I moved there. And I remember I was like, I'm going to try to date types of like uh, careers, like not just like different types of people, but like I've never, I was coming from college in Atlanta. I'd never dated somebody that worked on Wall Street and I'd never dated an actress before. And so, kind of as I was just going out and meeting people before all the dating apps, just kind of meeting people through friends and parties and bars and stuff. I know you know you met some of them like I was dating an architect for a while that I think you met a couple times and but you I was telling you this and I had met a dancer uh, like a modern dancer and you were like be be careful and I was like what do you mean <laughs> I remember, I remember. Yeah and you were like dancers express their emotions with their bodies And when they get drunk, it all comes out. (laughs) And I was like, it was like really good advice, but I didn't really know what you're talking about. So I I went on a date with this person, and she was very nice. And she invited me to her dance uh, performance. And I go, and for one full hour, without music, she pretends to be a bird. She alone on stage in a black box theater somewhere in the West Village. I'm sitting there with... 14 people that I've never met, you know, art world Ugh. people, and she pokes her head out like a like a flamingo or a crane or something and then struts out with her arms behind her and her chest sort of out on her toes. And everybody's, like, pretending – to like it, uh-huh. <laughs> like pretending like it's really good. And I'm like, I've made a huge mistake. Uh, there will be no third date. But then it goes for about 25 more minutes of just her posing like a bird in different parts of the stage, no words. And then music starts. And I'm like, here we go. This Here's is it great. Is. Now this it's going to be like, that was the wooze boosh. We're really going to get to a story now. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is about to get. I'm like, bring on the other dancers. Let's see some like West Indian parade. Let's see some bird dance. The music lasts about one minute, <laughs> goes off, and then just silence for another thirty-five minutes of her pretending to be a bird. And I kept thinking, I was like, I didn't know you that well. We were new friends, and I just kept being like, I should have listened to that guy. He he knew what he was talking about. I should have listened to that guy. <laughs> and I politely excused myself from future dating.
1: My God. Yeah. It, yeah. I my my I had a. Uh... My very good friend dated a modern dancer for like 10 years, and I, so, I, so I've seen a lot of modern... I've seen I think that's of, what it was, yeah. I've seen a lot, a lot of modern dance. And, yeah. Um, and one thing I did realize about it, because I always would go just being like, this is so uh, unaccessible to a person who isn't a dancer, <laughs> I don't understand why they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's literally just for other dancers to watch this and be like, that was a great diddly diddly, yes. you know? Until I saw like one... Yeah. Performance that was again again as a I think as as a comedy writers I think we all want things to like connect up make sense and have a callback. Oh, that's you know? interesting. Yeah, and yeah. And oftentimes in the, that modern dance, there is no, that is not it is literally yeah. like enjoy these moments of beauty. Mm. And then I finally saw one a performance that blew that I was just like oh like it was oh, it was an hour long and it felt like it was 5 minutes and I've I, seen like that afterwards too. i was just yeah. like filled with emotions i couldn't explain yes. but that was one yeah. <laughs> Out of no <laughs> <Ten> shit, <years. laughs> 25 performances that I had gone to.
0: Oh, we love dancers. Don't worry. We're not we are not coming down on all dancers. It's a not beautiful at all. thing. And I did see one too once. Ryan Ross, who's a great dancer, took me to a big thing. And these four younger dancers passed an older woman. She never touched the ground during the entire dance. They just kept holding her and passing her over their bodies and limbs. And she was really elegant and beautiful. Probably in her 70s or 80s. And I was crying the entire time. It was so... Powerful and beautiful, I totally understood yeah. dance. No, and I also, mean like, you were a river dancer for a minute there, too, so...
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, Irish step danced for, <laughs> oh, God, eight years of my life. Hated oh. almost every minute of it. <laughs> I, that was the one thing where I did it. I just did it because my mom wanted me to for yeah, so many you're years. You're a good kid. So many years. But, uh. um, yeah, I do think that modern dance is a lot like improv, where it is. the overwhelming majority of it is inaccessible and masturbatory. But then when you see the good yeah, stuff, it's mind blowing. It's really, it kind of changes your life. Support the arts. We love the arts. Support the arts. Go, go, okay. go, Scotty.
0: Okay, so jump in as I go, Kurt, because I, like I said, it didn't even strike anything to me. It's the this is the most complete one we've ever been sent. This was Great. sent in from Kimberly Rappo, I believe it's Rappo, R A P P O. Oh, she gmailed it to us. Thank you, thank you. Hey guys, I can't tell you how much the stories of New uh, of New Jersey insanity bring back memories. Growing up in Southern New Jersey, graduating in 1985, we've done it all: Action Park, Wildwood Nights, Great Adventure, Caltown Rodeo, The Mart. Although we had no action park mishaps, I have a great adventure safari story. I think yes. uh, when we had Atsuko on, and you've told some too, we, we had the baboons that grabbed the chainsaw story in a previous yeah. episode. So, we first visited a great adventure in the summer of 1975 before anyone realized that driving through a safari in your car was not a good idea. <laughs> 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 it we true. packed up. Yeah, it's a horrible idea even. We packed a picnic lunch with enough food for lunch and dinner. It was a glorious summer day, probably 90 degrees. We were going to do the safari and the amusement park. The whole family was stuffed. I love this. It was stuffed into a 1973 Malibu wagon. I was eight. My sister Yvonne was four. And we were in the cargo area. Grandmom and grandpa, Hesse, and Aunt Sue were in the back seat. Mom, dad, and baby sister in the front seat. I mean, that is such a 70s thing, too, yep. just be packed in like sardines. I'm going to keep this short as possible, but honestly, (laughs) the stupidity of my stepfather, Jim Hesse, exhibited on that day is astounding. (laughs) I love the call out of the full first and last name. There's no sparing Jim Hesse's feelings on this one. No, and there shouldn't be. Okay, so here we go. The safari had signs everywhere do not stop moving, do not roll down your windows, don't feed the animals. The list (laughs) goes on. His first, oh man, Jim Hessey. His first great idea was to roll down the windows and feed the ostriches. Uh, after it nearly took off his hand, Jim thought it would be cool for his 70-year-old parents to lower their windows so they could get a better look. The bird reaches uh, two feet into the car, promptly tried to rip my grandma's hair out of her head. <laughs> She's in the middle seat trying to protect in her head and face, and my grandpa starts throat-punching it. Aunt Sue is whacking it in the head. Everyone is screaming. The bird is pecking at anything that moves. They roll up the window on the ostrich's neck and start driving away until it pulls loose. Dab! Open the window. He lets it go, and the ostrich runs away. Great start.
1: I, I am so happy to have someone have a worse story than my ostrich story. I always felt like I killed an ostrich. I feel like I did nothing to an ostrich.
0: Yeah, compared, compared to, to Jim Uh Yeah. So then, who wants to go see a lion up close? <laughs> well, I guess we didn't learn our lesson the first time. He stops the car. Takes out one of our roast beef sandwiches and pushes it out the window. You cannot truly <laughs> appre- truly appreciate the size of a lion until it is standing on two feet, paws on the side plate uh, against the glass, licking the windows, trying to smell what else is in the car. Did I mention he had friends? There are now two more lions, and one is blocking the front of the car. Jim decides to open his mom's window with the baby sister on her lap to stuff another sandwich out and get the lions to move. I mean, this guy is amazing. He throws the car into gear and nothing. The car had an electrical module problem. It died. Nothing worked. We are trapped in a dark brown car, windows rolled up, no AC, surrounded by lions, and they know we have food. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Panic starts to set in as the temperature rises over 100 degrees. Luckily... I mean, this is the midpoint, Kurt. Luckily, after 10 minutes or so, a safari keeper comes by in a zebra truck with a cattle pusher on the front. After pulling up to Jim and chewing him out, he says he'll push us out of the park. Miraculously, the car starts with the push. Now, I'm not a genius, but one would think, let's get out of here ASAP and go to an auto shop. Nope. We continue on the safari drive. A large brown bear cousin to the grizzly is kicked uh, back in a watering hole. Super genius stops the car again because, hey, we have more food. He rolls down the window all the way. Again, he asks in a yogi voice, hey, boo-boo, you want a sandwich from our picnic baskets? (laughs) At which point he throws a PB&J as close to the bear as possible. This guy is such a hero. Boo Boo strolls out of the water, enjoys a snack, then charges the car, stands up, hands on the roof, and starts rocking the wagon, trying to shake more food out. More panic and screaming. Jim throws the car into gear, and you guessed it, nothing happens. No. As we've been snacking and eating hoagies during the ride... I'm guessing we smell like a giant picnic basket. Booba's claws are longer than my fingers, and he slides them over the closed window to grab the edge and starts pulling the window down. Oh! We all look in horror as the crank starts to turn. Now he has the window down about four inches and is stuffing his face uh, and sniffing Grandpa, who oh. is trying to stop the crank from moving. So the grandfather's holding the window crank. Oh no! Um, My mom, sister, and I are all crying. Yvonne and I are trapped in the back where there is no possible way out of a hatchback or the windows. The bear in the house is paused, ready to rip the window off, and Aunt Sue, a nurse, remains calm, bless her heart. Uh, Rolling down her window on the opposite side of the wagon, she tosses our our lunches out of her window, bangs on the roof with the last hoagie, (laughs) and gets Boo Boo to leave my father's window. Oh, and the father's window could be rolled shut. So... We are still trapped in the sweltering dead car, but at least the bear has other things to do. The safari guy shows up again in the zebra truck. <laughs> this guy, And it's a New Jersey guy. It makes it so much better. Now he is really pissed. With another push, the car restarts. He follows us to where the baboons are. He tells Jim, do not take the car on the open road. Go through the caged area that is protected from the baboons in case you have more problems. Ugh. <sighs> safari guy leaves assuming jim will make the right decision but my know-it-all stepfather turns the car off and on announces hey it's working fine and as we all yell let's just go let's go please he turns and takes the outside route (laughs) because you know he knows best oh my gosh Oh, the other. She has a little side note here, mind you. We live less than an hour away, and it's not like we couldn't come back on any other day. <laughs> As you guys probably know, the wild animals are a great adventure. Uh, baboons are the worst. We, they did not know. Kurt and I do know. By now, we look like a glazed donut. Various hoagie sandwiches and assorted snacks have been slid down our windows. <laughs> we could barely see out the sides, and the muddy paw prints and saliva were blocking them. Baboons instantly jumped on in our car like a piranha feeding frenzy. They wanted food. They could smell it, and they were going to get it. They broke off a side mirror and ripped off a wiper, but yep. then we were out of food. There were Three got onto the roof. In the middle of our hood, a female baboon sat on the hood and gave birth. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. This is not what I expected. <laughs> no, it gets bad. This story is incredible, Kim. Um, yeah, on the middle of the roof, a female baboon sat and gave a birth, which grossed out my eight year old self and my four year old sister. Jim was nice enough to let her finish before attempting to leave. The employees had to fight off baboons as we tried to leave the park. I'd like to say the story ends there, but no. Here's the end. Instead of driving straight home, we decided to stop in the parking lot for a much-needed drink. The car never restarted again. It was after one in the morning when we finally got towed and got home. It took me 10 years to visit the amusement park again. My own children are grown and have never been. They know the story (laughs) and are perfectly happy just to go to a zoo. Love you guys a bunch. Keep up the good work. Kim Rappo. Stuck in your
1: Kim, that
0: is an amazing story. Also...
1: I can I can imagine yeah. a full a movie. Like a movie that is all set just inside the car. Yes. That would be an amazing movie. It like the first act is them driving to Great Adventure. You get all the setup yes. and everything. And then boom, we're launched into Act Two. All yeah. of Act Two is there in the park. And then the fact the birth of the Yes. In act three, the we have a birth, is birth of like a baby. The fucking Act three, it's
0: beautiful. I know it's a movie. I, that's why I said I didn't even have a story. I was for like two days. I was like, I don't have anything that relates to this at all. It's just so complete. There's nothing <laughs> it to is add. Complete. It's it really amazing. Is. God, that's such a good one. We should ask him
1: if we can write that movie.
0: Yeah, we should. Kim, we no. might be emailing you back. We have our email, and there is a movie in there. It really is. Well, Scotty, we did it again, buddy. We did it. Thank you to all our lovely and beautiful Bananimals. The end is coming soon. Stay, keep your heads up. Stay positive wherever you are. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen,
1: subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast.
0: And if you're interested in advertising on bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.